Hello, Sawbona, how's it? Molo, Jambo, and welcome to Every Nation Devon Podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Good morning, good morning. Morning, church. Morning, church. Sanbona, Sawbona, Babkosa. Welcome to our first time visitors. Uh, and yeah, welcome to the kids in the church. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. My name is, uh, oh, baby. There's a baby in the house. All right. Okay, we see you, baby. We see you. There are the parents at the back. Yeah, so, church, my name is uh, Sonwabise. Seneim Twa. I'm known as Sobs in the church. Uh, Sobs with a Z. Uh, I'm married to my wife, Undando. She is with us as well. And she's very different to me. Uh, we have two different children, so you can imagine the differences we have at home, you know, but uh, Jesus is Lord uh, in that all. We love him so much. Uh, I'm reminded of uh, one of the, uh, so my wife is good at teaching it how to pray, and I'm still learning how to pray, you know, so, 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 so she teaches our children, and this other time, I prayed a 30-second prayer, you know, when you're just tired, like, Lord, thank you, and you're done. So my son is listening, and it's like, baby, pray nicely. You know, I'm like, then I realized oh, I have to pray a two-minute prayer. So I had to make up a story to Jesus, like, Jesus, thank you for that and that and that and that, and then we said amen. So, so that's my family, you know, and that's me. Uh, we pray, and this other time, so we dropped him to school, and... So we pray on our way to school, and so he's like, baby, where's Jesus? So he calls me baby, and so baby, where's Jesus? And I'm like, baby, ba- baby is in, the- Jesus is in their heart. So he takes off his T-shirt, like, Jesus is here. And now you can imagine me looking at him, and him looking at his heart, like, he's here. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, yes, he's there, boy. You know, and I'm like, go and tell your friends that Jesus is there. So he jumps off, he's like, oh, okay, so confused that this Jesus we've been praying to all along is in here, you know. So, so yeah, that's, that's me. Uh, I have a four-year-old and a three-year-old, and family is amazing, hey, and uh, it, it, it's just a God-given gift, you know, especially when you, you allow God to journey with you, you know, in the midst of your own imperfections, how you were raised up, and then your wife is like, no, 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 we don't smack children here. You're going to get arrested now. I'm like, oh, okay. When I get arrested, I'm like, okay, you know. So, so, so the whole policy of being arrested, I was arrested before that policy in my house, you know, because my wife was like, we don't smack in this house, you know, we talk, you know. So Jesus is Lord. Amen. 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 We bless the Lord. So that's me, church. Uh, that's me. Uh, that's me. So it's a new season for the church, and uh, we're going to have an exciting October. And if it's your first time visiting us, we hope you'll join us, and we hope that those who are here, you will bring more people to come because we are now entering the promised land. Amen. And it's, it, it, when we say the church, it is all of us. You know, it is that time where we are crossing the Jordan, the River Jordan together where we are taking what God has in store for us. It is that time of victory for the church. And the beautiful thing about the church is whatever God is saying to the church, it's for all of us. 
you know, and over the next Sundays, we are going to be journeying into that destiny. And by the time we are done this month into November, we are going to be like, boy, victory indeed belongs to Jesus. You know, we are going to graduate and we are going to take what is due to us, you know, and, and so, so, that's, so that's the heart. That's the heart for October. So please, uh, so hold on tight and uh, journey with us as we go through the book of Joshua. So this other time, uh, this past week, I was honored to attend the U.S. Embassy. And uh, it's just here in town, and it was, it was my first time, and we're not allowed to take pictures. I'm like, Lord, why? It's my first time here, you know, and we're not allowed to take pictures. So this lady is like, so it, it has to do with the whole Mandela Washington thing. And this lady who has went, she's like, trust God's timing, you know, and she's like, trust God's timing, but I am not a Christian. You know, and you, you can now imagine having a Christian in, in that seat. You're like, I need to find a way of how to get to you so that next time you're a Christian, you know. But he, she's like, but I trust in God. I trust that there's a God, however, I'm not a Christian. And what she missed, what she missed or what I might have added to what she said was God's timing also comes when we are ready. Now, God's timing can be, God is like, in a year, chef, I'm going to give you this. But he will not give us until we are ready. You know, and that's what I could have added to this lady that trust God's timing and journey in God's timing. Because sometimes it's so easy that God sets a time, but we don't see that time. And the next thing, God has set a time here but God is busy. Hey, come, 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 Cleby, come, Cleby. You know, he's trying to pull you to come this side. And God is like, but I want us to go here. And when you're like, no, I want to go this side. And it's so, so it's so easy to miss what God is doing. And that's what we are going to be learning. That, Lord, how do we stay in your timing? And how do we, how do we see things being fulfilled in the time that you have destined? Amen. Amen. So, so yeah, so, so, so let us pray. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time, and we give you all the glory, Lord. Speak to us, Father. Prepare our hearts. Open our minds. Minister to us, and may we never be the same again from now until forevermore. In the name of Jesus. Father, we silence every voice of destruction in the name of Jesus. Right now, Lord. Amen. Guys, life is tough, you know, and we, we, we live, we cannot deny the fact that we live in a tough times, you know, where the economy is doing what it's doing and uh, prices are going up, uh, the issues of unemployment are still being dealt with, they are not there yet. We live in a tough time, you know, where we are all growing our businesses, some of us, and you have to pay people at the end of the month and the bills are not there. You know, we're working long hours at work. Some of us are studying, and the next thing, on the exam day, you are like, hey, I saw this, but I didn't study it. But it's there now, you know, and that's just how life is, you know, and what we're going to be talking about, it does not dismiss the toughness of life, you know. It does not dismiss that, hey, you don't know what I'm going through, but I want you to know that God knows what you're going through. You know, and I, I want you to receive this word over the next Sundays in a way that God knows you better. You know, um, 
there's a friend of mine who was uh, writing a WhatsApp status, eating my bundles. So, so I read his WhatsApp status. So he's like, why do we come to church anyway? You know, and he's not born again. So I, re- I replied to him, and I think it was God replying to him because I don't know how I came up with that answer. So I say to him, uh, when you bry, what do you bring to the bry? Uh, like the, 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 the bry stand. So you bring a charcoal. And when you bry, do you bry with one charcoal? So he keeps on answering, no, I take the whole pack and put it inside. If you were to have one charcoal, like one whatever that thing is called, that black thing there, or maybe the stick, would, it, would your fire go? He's like, no. What would you do? You would have to put more, right? And then you would bry. And he's like, yes. And then after that, after the bry, if you were to take out one piece of charcoal, would the fire continue? He's like, yes. How long would it continue? As, 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 as long as it depends on the strength of the wood that you have. And I then said to him, that's why we go to church. That's why we go to church. And he's like, oh, I thought you were inviting me for a bride or something. <laughs> you know, I'm like, no. I'm like, that's why we go to church. You know, the reason we come together, it's also that these charcoals come together. We catch the fire. And the next thing you are go away with this fire. And then you fire up the week. And then Sunday it's about to go down. You come back again on time in church. And then the fire comes on again. You know, so that's why we come to church. And in case you're wondering that this is just, it's not a traditional meeting. Like you have to go and Jesus is going to bless you. No, 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 no. It, 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 it's a life-sustaining, uh, 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 what do I call it? It's a life-sustaining process, if I may call it, where it's necessary for your life. You know, amen. 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 So, so, yeah, so... Yeah, so, okay, Lord, bring me back. Yeah, bring me back, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So, have you ever went for a job interview? And in this job interview, a month, and God, you received a promise, like you received a promise early this year, and God is like, I'm going to promote you. And you just know that God is talking about a job in your career, or you're going to get that business, you know, but in this case, it's a job. And the next thing there's a vacant post. Three months later, six months later, there's a vacant post, and you're like, Roy, God said it, you know? This is mine, you know? And you qualify, fully qualify, everything that is needed is yours. As a result, even your preparation is not as intense as as if you're going somewhere. Then on the interviews, you don't make it. You know, and, and, and this happened, and this has happened in my own house, you know, and you don't get the job. Someone gets the job, and then you have to train that person. And you're like, Lord, Gandhi. Like, Lord, last year, remember, science of prophesied, and I heard you as well, that I'm going to get promoted. And I know, Lord, that I received a random prophecy from someone who's never met me, Lord. And she said, God is going to, I feel like God is going to promote you this year. You know, and the next thing, here's the job, you're not promoting me. Why, Lord? And the next thing, you still have to train the same person, and you're like, ah! No, I am living. I am living. You know, and um, here's another thing that just life just throws at us. God is like, Sobs, I'm going to give you Mtata, you know, and you're like, yes, Lord, let's go to Mtata, let's plant a business there, and it's the only business there that does this and that, and the next thing you get to Mtata, and the business just doesn't pick up the way you forecasted. Like, what, Lord? Lord, you said you'd give me Mtata, 
And now why is it straining me, this thing? You know, why, why are employees swearing at me, insulting me? Why are suppliers not supporting me? You know, why? Like, I've been paying these suppliers for the last seven months. It's the eighth month now. I can't pay on time. They can't deliver. But Lord, you said you'd give me mtata. You said you'd give me mtata. Why? And this is what happens in the book of Joshua. You know, we see people who get to the promised land, but before the promised land, they went through the wilderness. But before they went into the wilderness, they were in Egypt. And in Egypt, they received a promise. Like, guys, go. You are going to the land of milk and honey. And boom, boom, they agree. Like, Jesus, okay, sure, let's go. Even Moses is here. We are happy. The next thing they go, and the next thing, it's that. It's bread and manna. And for years and years, and this is what happens to us as well. So, so may you relate to this story. This is what happens to us, that we get a promise, it's fulfilled later. And this is what happens in the book of Joshua. This is what happens in the book of Exodus. This is the journey that God wants to show us, that for, our, for, for a destiny to be fulfilled, for us to testify, for us to give victory, we have to go through the wilderness. And only when we have went through the wilderness, our own wilderness, will we get to the destiny. We cannot bypass the wilderness. Amen. And as Utabo was testifying, one of the key things we miss when we testify, not that we miss, but I think it's probably not necessary, is we, we, before that testimony, God was, has dealt with you. God has built your character. God has built up your faith so much such, such that the testimony is nothing compared to the journey. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard that? And you're like, yo, God, if you gave me this job that time, I would have messed it all up. I would have messed it all up. It's like, Lord, if Umtata, you have given me all those customers and the suppliers, boy, I wouldn't be standing here right now. You know, I would have bought those trucks and all of that and left Deben. But God is like, I'm still busy with you in Deben. And this is what happens. So let's look at the first scripture. Let's go back and just understand that how did we even get to this uh, promise. So opening scripture, Genesis 12, 1 to 3. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord told him. And Lot went with him, Abraham was 75 years, when he set out from Haran. Let's look at another scenario, next slide. Genesis 50, 19 to 21. It says, but Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will surely 
come to your aid and take you up out of, his, out of this land to the land he promised an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and, jo- and Jacob. Joseph says this again. And Joseph made the Israelites swear an oath and said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones from this place. Amen. So there's a friend of mine uh, who loves me so much, who's in our midst. So, so he, he, he said, uh, I think it was late last year or early this year, he's like, Sobs, when you preach, brah, you know, try not to uh, have so many scriptures. You know? <laughs> you know, lovingly, you know, and I love him so much. So, so, so I've tried. I've tried. <laughs> So I've tried, but the teachingness in me has not allowed me, you know, but I've tried. So, so what we see here is God makes a promise to Abraham. And before we even talk about the wilderness, we need to understand that God makes a promise. God makes a promise to Abraham, and the first slide, AV, he says, all people will be blessed through you. When God makes a promise to us, he will take us out of our comfort zone. That's point number one. God never makes a promise to keep you where you are. He never. If you have a promise and you are where you are and you are comfortable, then it is not the God I know in the Bible. Every time God speaks of the promise, it's something that's going to challenge you. It's something that is going to make you a better person. You know, we see the same thing in the next slide where now Joseph, he's like, but will surely compare to your aid. He will come, surely. Now Joseph is talking to his brothers. His brothers, they sold him to slavery. He was a slave, and before, before he was a slave, God spoke to him that, chap, I'm going to make you this great guy. You're going to be a governor. He makes a, a big promise. The mistake or the sort of not a mistake Joseph did was to tell his brothers, but he did. I think it was meant to be. Now he tells them they sell him to slavery. From slavery, he, he's in jail. From jail, the next thing, he eventually becomes a governor. So if you look at the promise that he got and where he ends up, you are like, what? No, Lord, you never said that. And this is the same Joseph. He is now saying to his brothers, he's saying, no. What you did, you meant to harm me, but God wanted to use it for something else. How many times do we go through that where you find that we would have hated our brothers, our sisters, our siblings? You know, how many times? How many times that employer or that customer or that supplier didn't do what they were supposed to do and the next thing you hate them? When God is dealing with you, but God is using this person to get to you. And this is what happens in the wilderness. I'm talking about the wilderness today, but we have to start from the promise. And this is what happens in the wilderness. Sometimes we find ourselves in situations that like, I will never forgive you. You know, and I will never do that. And this is how I am. Abel Tickler City, and God is like, I want to teach you forgiveness. But in that moment, you are so consumed by the situation, you even forgot that God said, Sobs, I want you to be this person in Debe. And God is like, 
if you can't forgive in this situation, let me try and create another situation. Until I deal with this area, because I cannot make you a governor until we have dealt with this area of your life. I cannot give you umtata, amen, I cannot give you umtata until we have taught you how to lead people. Do you understand? This year I was so unfortunate, or fortunate in God's eyes, of, of, of having to deal with uh, uh, staff members who insult you and who insult your character. Like, ah, when I stopped, you use people, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, if you're to look at my heart, I love people. I love people, you know. But the actions are like, you hate us. You hate us. You want to use us. You are violating our right. But I'm like, I love people, you know. And this is what happens when we get a promise. Some of us, we give up immediately there. God speaks to us, and then immediately when things don't go the way we imagined, we're like, this thing doesn't work. This thing doesn't work. And then we ask ourselves, why are we still where we are today? And today, it is the day that we rise up. Today is the day that we go and we allow God to deal with our character. Amen. So, God has good intentions about us. He, and we, if we look at these verses, he sends Abraham for all of us, Right? And then he sends Joseph for who? For all of them. So point number two on a promise from God. When you have a promise from God, it is never about you. It is never, ever about you. But it is always about either people you know or people you do not know or people you will know. So sometimes, church, we, we have a mistake uh, of, I think I've, I've, I've been through this, where you think it's God who said it, and the next thing you're like, Lord, which car should I buy? And the next thing when are you buy a two-seater vehicle because you are thinking about yourself, and God is like, no, chap, I wanted you to buy a five-series or a whatever big car, you know, because I want you to use this vehicle to carry people to church, for example. You know what I'm saying? So point is... When God gives us a promise, it is never for us. So when we want to hear God speaking to us, we need to change how we pray. That, Father, what do you want to do with my life this year? What do you want to do with my life? Lord, I'm trusting you for a promotion. Lord, is this promotion in line with you? Lord, I'm trusting you a success in my academics. Is this in line with you? Lord, I'm trusting you to get married. Is this in line with you? Slide three. There's a quote by Michael Horton. He says, Christians are driven by God's promise and directed by God's purposes. For us to move, it starts from a promise. And this is what drives us. Slide four, Psalm 100, and verse five says, For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Do we know what God has promised you? Do you know what God has promised you? Do you know the destiny that God has called you to? Do you know? Have you asked God that, Lord, what are we doing in 2020? Do you know? Do you know why you are staying where you are staying? Do you know why you are working where you are working? 
Do you know why you are married to the family you are married to? Do you know why? <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, Max says yes. <laughs> you know, but... So, because the thing is, guys, as Christians, we don't go with the flow. We go with God's agenda. And God has plans for the people around you. You might be married into a family only to find God is there to use you in that family to be a blessing. There's a pastor I was listening to this morning on one gospel, and he's like, uh, when your spouse uh, doesn't want you to, to go home, you must pray for your spouse so that you go home, you know, because your spouse must never take you away from your family, you know, and I thought that that is exactly what God does, that when he marries us into a family, he marries us there for, to be a blessing to that family. Not for us to say, okay, we are married happily ever after, bye-bye, we will see you in the next life. So my point is, church, do we know what God has promised? And my prayer is, by the end of this month, you will know what God has said to you. There's a, there's a sister of mine, she's based in Pretoria, and she is trusting God to move to Mtata. So we love people who move to Mtata. So if you are here, you want to move to Mtata, please, uh, you are in the right track, you know. <laughs> so she's like, she wants to move to Mtata. Her husband has moved already, but she's going to be based in another portion of, uh, just outside Mtata. So I ask her. So she's like, she's trusting God for a job. And then I'm like, eh, what if God just wants you to move? Have, have you ever thought of that? I'm not saying that's what God's saying, but what if God is saying, is like waiting for you to just move, and then when you get there, boom, the job comes. But when you are spending time in Pretoria, I'm trusting God for a job, trusting God for a job, trusting God for a job. So she, she replies, and she's like, but Sobs, God knows me. God knows I'm very independent. God knows I don't like to ask people money. God knows I don't like uh, to lack, you know? And then I reply, and I'm like, but do you know God? You know? She's like, no, I know God. You know, she's like, I know God. And, 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 and this is the thing we miss, my friends. You know, this is the thing we miss, that we miss the voice of God. We miss the voice of God. And I'm like, if, if maybe God said, go and leave everything, would you go? Yo. <laughs> you know, it, would you go? If God said, accommodate that person in your one-bedroom house, would you do that? You know? If God said, every time you come to church, pass by so-and-so, would you do that and pick them and come to them to with them to church? Would you do that? Would you do that? Or you're like, no, God knows I'm preaching. Uh, God knows I'm doing this at church. But God has given you a word that this is your destiny. Yeah. Will you go when God speaks? Will you do when God speaks? Now, this is how we know that it is from God. Next slide. Point number one, does it line up with Scripture? When you hear from God, it has to line up with Scripture. It has to line up with Scripture. Is the promise bigger than you? If you can accomplish it yourself, then it's not God. Does its Amen. Amen. Does its fulfillment benefit you or others? 
has your dream been confirmed? Okay, so I, I don't think this is there, but the last one, which I normally do was, has the people who are working with you, who are holding you accountable, who are praying with you, your connect group, have they prayed with you? And are you all in agreement? You know, not that you need their permission, but we believe that the Bible says when two or more agree, I'm there. So sometimes when God speaks to you and gives you a promise, what I normally do is I check with my brother, like, Chep, I feel like this is what God is saying. Please keep me in your prayers. And we wait for that period of time, and when they have peace in their hearts, they are like, Chep, yeah, I feel like God is for this. Your pastor, your connect group leader, etc. So this is where it starts, my friends, that may we desire to hear the voice of God so that when we are in trials and tribulations, so that when we are in the wilderness, we are not doubting the voice of God. When we, are, when we face challenges, we are not doubting what God had said in the beginning. And this is why it is so important that we understand the promises of God. So we will not dwell much on this today, but we will go straight now into the, in, into the book of Exodus. The next slide, Exodus 13, 17 to 18. Now this is where the wilderness was about to start. And journey with me, take pictures, write down the scriptures, and go through at home if you can. It will really help you over the next Sundays. It says, when Pharaoh let the people go, say, let the people go. God did not lead them on the road. Can you read that? God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country. Though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, read with me, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God let the people, read, around by the desert road towards the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of the Egypt ready for battle. Is it not nice when you hear the voice of God and God speaks and the next thing, it happens? Of course, we all want that, eh? We all want that, you know, that house, that promise, God. Lord, you said this church would be full. Ta-da, let it be full this morning. You know, you said every room would be booked. Ta-da, it's booked. And the next thing God is like, let's take a detour. We will not get there now. Let's take a detour. Because I know, you see, Pastor Wayne, I know you. I know you, Danam. If we fill up this church on day one, Hey, I know you. You will take everyone for surfing immediately. So we must first deal with your surfing and put it to order before we fill up the church. You know? And the next thing, God journeys with us to fill us up, to fill us up. And this is what happens here. He's like, I'm like, Lord, how can you do that? Because if you look at the map, can you show the map? Do you have the map, uh, A.V.? Uh, we have to see this. God is, yeah, yeah, that's the map. Thank you. This is what's happening here. And I'm like, God, I don't understand you. So if you look at Pithom, eh? the shortest route they were supposed to leave from Pithom, if you see Philistia just across the Great Sea, 
they could have went straight down just by Deben Beach front. Are you following me? Yeah, just, you see the brook of Egypt, Philistia, where it's written, Philistia, Gaza, Gath, because they are going to Canaan, eh? That's where they were going, right? But look what, what God does. He's like, uh-uh, I know these people. They will turn. I know them. Let's take a detour. Let's take a detour. And, and we, we relate so much with this story that some of us up until today, we are still dealing with the fact that, Lord, why am I still here? Lord, this could have been easy. You see now so-and-so has been promoted. Lord, I could have been promoted if you did this with me quicker, and now I'm not promoted. So there's this scenario at work, you know, and it, it, it always depends on who came first. You know, who came first? There's a promotion. Okay, first person, get promoted. So... Praise God, I no longer have a manager, you know, and I now report to my manager's manager. So there's a vacant post, right? So we look at, it, at each other, and in my heart, I'm like, this should be mine. You know? <laughs> this should be mine, you know. But there's one person who I think I might compete with here, you know, and, and I, look at, I look at myself, I look at my experiences, I look at experiences, and I'm like, no, this should be mine. You know, I've done that project, I've done that project, I've done that project, I should get this. You know, but God was like, no, 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 you're not getting this. You know, the same person then goes to training to get the job, and God humbles me, and, and I had to congratulate her and be so happy for her, you know. And, but, but what amazed me there was sometimes it's so easy for us to really paint the shorter route, you know, that... A, B, C, D, I should get this. You know, I'm the only uh, business in this area, I should get this. I'm the, um, my, my, my husband has studied project management, so my wife should just, you know, should, exams should just be easy when she's studying, you know, because she has my backup. But God is like, let's take a detour. And God does that. And the difference we see with the people from Egypt was, for them it was location. They were had to move on the sand literally. But for us, it is where we are in our hearts. So as we look at the story of Egypt, let us also look at it in our hearts. That God does a detour in our hearts. You can go back, uh, A.V. So in the, in the slide, uh, Exodus 13, where we were. So this shows then that God is wiser than the wisest. You know, that God knows what is best for us. And sometimes you may be in your wilderness where things are not going well for you. You're like, you're supposed to be there now, but you are stuck in your day five, and you cannot get past the day five. I hope you remember the sermon we had uh, months back. And you are stuck in this one place, and you're not getting out of this place, and God is like, I'm, I'm busy with this with you. But you don't see what God is busy with because you are so consumed by what is actually happening. And God is dealing with you in your heart. So God knows what is best for us. And my encouragement, church, is can, can, can we rest in knowing that God knows better? Can we rest in knowing that God is going to change this and he's going to work in my heart? This year... I was fortunate uh, to not have money 
at all, you know. And I, I, I fully understand now that uh, it was sort of fortunate. I, I'm still trying to grasp the idea of it being good, that I didn't have money, you know. <laughs> even though it has not settled well with me, the fact that I don't have money, you know. And what happened this year is the business took a lot of our money and, and it, it, it's steadily growing well. But what I learned from God this year was he was teaching me to be still and to keep quiet. I'm a fighter by nature, you know, I think. And I think if, if you had to look at the Bible, I would be like, you're Peter. You know, I, I cut the soldier's ear, you know, and in front of Jesus, you know, and I'm the guy, I'm the guy, amen, amen. I'm the guy who's like, Jesus, is that you? And I'll come on the water and come to you. And then I'll fall and I'll ask you, Jesus, to help me, you know. So, so that's me. I'm a fighter and God, this year, man, he just took a hammer and he did this to my knees, like, sobs, kneel down. Stop fighting. You like fighting, you know, everything for you is a fight, you know, everything. Ah, they are challenging me, the devil is a liar, everything, everything, the devil is lying, the devil is lying. I am sick, I am sick, but I'm reading some business things. When you're supposed to be resting, you know, the devil is a liar, Sobs, you know, and, and, and that's what God taught me this year, that Sobs, I need you to let me do this thing. And I remember the day before we almost closed the business, it was the 30th of March, when I had written the speech, I was going to tell my guys and Tata that, guys, it's been good, Jesus has been Lord, I'm so happy, and I wish you all the best, I'm going to be like Pastor Wayne, you know, man, it's been good, you know, <laughs> and then I'm like, so I was, I was ready. On the, first of, on, the, on the 1st of April, on the 1st of April, at 8 o'clock, now 1st of April is Fool's Day, yeah? On the 1st of April, money comes into the business account. And the customer owed us a quarter of that money. But she paid three times the quarter of that account. Now it's Fool's Day, eh? But let's give God a hand. Amen. Let's give God a hand. You know? So to me, I'm at work. Did the SMS? I'm like, okay, 1st of April. Who could have done this? You know? Why are banks fooling people now? You understand? And I look, the ref, it's this customer. I look how much they owed. I'm like, no, man. I call the customer. Is everything okay? You know, and she's like, no, I'm paying in advance. You. And that was the time where, for the first time in my life, I came to my knees and I'm like, Lord, I can't. I can't keep going, you know. I've, I've, I've taken my family through this and it's been painful. I can't do it any further. And God on that day is like, I've got you. When I sit down. And this is what happens when God takes us on a detour. What is God teaching you in your detour? What has God taught you in your detour? And I don't want us to miss that. So I have not figured it out yet, but I'm still learning to be still and to be quiet. Yes, that happened, and you know me, you know the blackness in sobs, you're like, it's the 2nd of April, ah, Jesus, let's fight again, you know, so, and then another scenario comes back again, and I'm like, okay, this thing keeps happening, this keeps happening, so, point is, this is what God is doing in my heart this year, he is teaching me to be still, and to let him be in charge, and may you in your heart, allow God to be in charge, in your detour. Next slide, uh, next slide. 
So, Exodus 12. So, then they are to take some of the blood. So, before they left, they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides of, on the, sides of the door and on the tops, of the, on, on the tops in, the, in the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. Now, here what we need to understand in this verse is the blood here was a sign. It, it's a sign for you in the, it's, it's a sign for the people who were in Egypt, for the Israelites, so that when, when God came, he would pass over their houses and not do anything to them. So, but what, what's amazing in this passage of the story is before it, Moses was doing the work. Moses was turning the water. Moses was doing everything. And then God is like, now let me intervene. Now let me, God, intervene. And I'm like, God, how can you do that to Moses? Guys, do you, do you, do you ever ask God? Like, God, how can you do that to Moses? You allow Moses to do all of that. And then God, after the tenth attempt, you make this thing look so easy. Just paint the blood, slaughter, paint, and then my people are out. And, and, this, and, and, and this is how I find God to be amazing. But it's so difficult to let him, eh? It's so difficult to let him be God. We always want to do, uh, no, they don't like me. You want to go there. Why you don't like me? Can we do the fact that you don't like me? You understand? But God is like, no. So this is what happens in the scripture. God was now showing himself off. That now let me finish. And I think if the people had left Egypt through the mighty power, through Moses, I think they would have worshipped Moses. Because of the lifestyle they had in Egypt. They were worshipping God, they were worshipping people, and God on the last day is like, I must put the stamp on what Moses has done. So that when we leave to the wilderness, I take you to the wilderness and not Moses. Next slide, A.V. So if you look at that map again, it is also estimated that it was roughly 300 kilometers to the Red Sea. And they had to walk around about 20 days to the Red Sea. Next slide, A.V. So why did God do all of that? Exodus 14, 21, 22 then says, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The water was divided and the Israelites went through the sea on a dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. Now, just a, a, a brief background, we're about to wrap up. When people left Egypt, this is the same with us, when we become born again. Egypt in us is a place of oppression, is a place of slavery, is a place of we are serving other gods. It's me, 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 and it's gods around us. Now, when, we, when, when the people left Egypt, what we see here going through the Red Sea, that is a significance of baptism. So when you get baptized in water, the old is gone and the new has come. And this we see as a symbolism of baptism. And for, for a reference, you can check that in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1 to 2. So the Israelites had been enslaved in Egypt. As they left their former lives, 
they had to pass through the Red Sea before they could begin their walk to the new life. Next slide. Exodus 15. You see my many scriptures, eh? I hope you were writing them down. Exodus 15, 25. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it in the water, and the water became fit to drink. Underline. There the Lord issued a ruling and an instruction for them and put them to test. Now, this is when the wilderness literally started. Now, God is like, I've made you a detour, and now I am going to test you. And why did God want to test them? It, it also says that he said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring you in any of the diseases I brought on the, Egypt, on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And we see a similar thing with uh, Jesus. Jesus was led to the wilderness by the Spirit of God to be tempted by the devil. The difference here is they are tested by God. And, and the reason God wanted to test them, it is because he wanted them to see what was in their hearts. The next slide, Exodus 16:44. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go each day and gather enough for that day. In this, I will test them. Say, test them. And see whether they will follow my instructions. Exodus 16. Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. Look at the author here. Nevertheless, some of the people. They still went. They still went. And I think this is what God wanted to expose. That I've given you an instruction, you still have not followed it. So, what must I do? So, bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Everyone it is, is to stay where, where they are on the seventh day. No one is to go out. So, the people rested on the seventh day. Next slide, Exodus 19. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be more, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. Let's keep reading. Exodus 24. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it to the people. They responded, we will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. Is this not what we do sometimes in church? You know, like, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And like, I'm going to seek the kingdom of God. I'm going to seek it. Monday, Monday, seek ye first the kingdom of God. But, 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 but. So this is what's happening here. You know, the, the instructions are read to them. God is giving them uh, how to live life, what to do, how he's going to test them. Same thing with us. Monday comes, Tuesday comes. Okay, kingdom of God. Please wait here, kingdom of God. 
I have issues with my neighbor. I need to address kingdom of God. So my neighbor comes. So, so, so the other neighbor is left. I have another neighbor now, you know. <laughs> so the neighbor comes, and, and she's like, and she's, a, she's an amazing lady, and she, she's like, guys, your children are making noise. Now, I'm a Christian. I don't want to be like I'm threatening you, but I'm going to write to the body cop. I'm a Christian, guys. Please. I'm like, okay, Christian. We won't make noise again. And, and to her, for me, it, it, it was more like you are separating the two, but actually it was okay. You didn't have to mention that I'm a Christian. But point is, this is the same thing with us. You know, we find ourselves in situations where we're like, I'm not going to forgive, but yet we'll talk about forgiveness on Sunday. In the connect group, we spoke about forgiveness, and the next thing, a forgiving issue comes on Friday after a connect group, and you're like, ah, okay, I'm not forgiving. You know, a, a, an issue where that requires you to be patient comes, and you're like, Ish, okay. No, I'll only be patient to Zimana. I will not be patient to Mamusoko Futumal. Why? Because I know, I know Mamu Pasha so well but I don't know you well, you don't deserve my patience, I will not be patient to you. And you don't even serve Jesus, I won't even be patient to you. And that's what happens sometimes. You know, we are impatient with our siblings, we are impatient with our in-laws, we are impatient with our colleagues, you know, with our children. Next slide. Numbers 14, look at what God is saying to you now. And how long this wicked community crumble against me? I have, I have heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. So tell them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say in this wilderness. Your bodies will fall, every one of you, 20 years old or more, who was counted in the census. Not one of you will enter the land I saw. So what happens now here, God is like, Guys, I am tired. Like, I'm also God, hey? I am tired. You know, I've been teaching you to listen to my instructions. I've been patient with you. I've done that, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that. And yet, still today, you are still not getting this. And God is like, I'm tired. And praise God, do not be sad. It is not like us as it was with the Egyptians and mostly because of what Jesus did on the cross. So please do not be sad. So, so what is happening here, God is like, guys, I'm tired. I've been trying to show you this, and you have not got it. And this is where he now says, you will spend the next 40 years in the wilderness. Next slide. So what is important, church, is it is important that we do not miss the purpose of the wilderness. Because sometimes we face, guys, challenges will always be there. Trials will always be there. You know, that's why if I have intended or a tent, according to Bob Cause intended, when we get there, if you have a, a sermon on trials and tribulations, everyone will come in front, you know, and they'll get prayer, and then there will be lots of offerings and tithes because. Trials, it's what we all face every day. But may we not miss why are we going through those trials and tribulations. And this is the purpose. A season, it is a season that God matures us. It is a season of humility. 
God has humbled me this year. I've shared my story. It is a season of self-discovery. When God kept them in, 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 in the wilderness, they saw their hearts. But yo, can't can't this is how I am. I thought I am a good husband. Guys, I was a good husband before I got married. Yeah, I got married. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Lord showed me, you are not a good husband, bro. You are not a good husband. I was the best father in the world. You know, I looked at my father before I had children. I'm like, well, nah, you are not a good father. Look what you did to me. But thank you to Jesus. I am this sobs now. I'm going to be a better father to Alona. And Alona came. And What? And this, this, this happens, and God took me through my own wilderness of being a father, of dealing with my impatiences, with my issues of temper, with how to teach. And I thought I figured it out all along. And this is the purpose of the wilderness, that it is a season of purification, it is a season of strength, it is a season of revelation. It is a season where you see the mighty hand of God working for your favor. But if you lose sight of that and you focus on what is happening, then you will miss everything. There's a brother of mine, he's based in PE. He just launched an amazing book with his wife. And the next thing, they have a property. And weeks after they've just launched the book, the property, burglars come in and they just mess everything up. And it, 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 it's at those moments when you're like, Lord, what is happening? I'm fixing here. This thing is, something is messing up here. And you just give up. And you just give up at that time. And you just sit down like, no, man, this thing is not cool. And God is saying, there's something I'm teaching you where you are. Some of us are applying for jobs. It's been a year, it's been two years, and that job is not coming, and God is saying, don't look at the job. Look at what I'm doing in you. Look at what I'm doing in you. But Lord, I don't have money. My parents are depending on me. I've got two children, you know. And God is like, look at me. Look at me. Don't look at the situation. Yes, we see the situation, but it's not easy, Lord. I cannot look at the situation because my wife keeps reminding me of the situation. And then Alona is like, Dada, the situation. And God is like, look at me. What am I teaching you? Look at me. That promotion is not coming. I've been in Toyota for eight years now, Lord. And I saw so-and-so being a manager in 15 years. Will I be a manager in 15 years, Lord? And God is like, look at me. Don't focus on this thing. Just look at me. Lord, they are retrenching us. Lord, look at me. And this is the purpose of the wilderness. So in your wilderness today, may we live here saying, as of today, I make a decision to look at God. As of today, I make a decision to look at God. When Joseph went through, when Joseph was sold by his brothers, the Bible doesn't explain it much in detail, but we know that he looked at God. When he was falsely accused, brah, I would have sued that lady who arrested Joseph. I would, have, I would have got all the lawyers in Deben, but did Joseph do that? No. Maybe there are no lawyers, you know, but hey, you know, so, but point is, he looked at God. 
he looked at God. And may we look at God. The last slide, the last slide, AV, we have to wrap this up. We'll continue next week. Where there's T.D. Jakes. T.D. Jakes says a quote. It says, the wilderness is a place of dying. The wilderness is a place of dying. Sorry, A.V., you got there? Okay, thank you. The wilderness is a place of dying where all things that cause you to stumble in your walk with God are killed. That's the wilderness. And we all go through the wilderness. We will all go through the wilderness. God, last year in December, he said to me, uh, Sobs, 2020 is going to be a year of harvest. Am I harvesting now? Oh, Jesus. I am not, I'm far from harvest right now if you look at my life. And only when I was preparing for this sermon, I was like, ah, I'm in the wilderness. I am going to harvest. It's still a year of harvest. God said it's a year of harvest. But right now, I am in the wilderness. Because you see, sometimes when you're in this promised land, it's like the promise says something else. But where you are today, it's completely different to that. And that's what God said to me. And if, if I look at my life right now, I'm like, Lord, but I'm not harvesting. It's October, Lord. Like, Jesus, let's quickly. You said 2020. 2020 ends in three months, Jesus. You know, let's harvest, Lord. Let's harvest. You know, I speak harvest every morning. Harvest, come now. And God is like, look at me. I gave you the promise, but now I'm busy with you. When you are so used that to harvest for you, you have to go and plant yourself. But now I'm going to harvest my own way, not the way you know sobs. And this is what happens in the wilderness. So I am maturing. We are maturing in the harvest. And that is why we need to embrace it. And it is up to us as a church in how long we stay in the wilderness. As I said in the beginning that the Egyptians, the Israelites, they were not supposed to spend 40 years. They were supposed to spend roughly a year or two. But because of their disobedience, God was like, hey, you're going to spend the next 40 years here. And praise God for the Old Testament. We can learn from it and do better today. That now we know, Lord, that when we are in the wilderness, we must look at you. Now we know, Father, that for us to reach our destiny, for our destinies to be fulfilled, for victory to come, we have in the wilderness to look at you. When you don't know what you are going to eat at home and that neighbor is like, hey, I need a place to sleep. And you're like, what are we going to eat? And you share what you have. In that moment when you are in a hurry and he's also coming to church and you have to pass by but you are late and you get there, he's also late and you are both late and your day is just messed up and God is like, there's something I'm doing with you. Look at me. Thank you for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at endurban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermon. Be blessed.